main activist. Some people in town say the base is run by aliens working with our federal government to conduct mind control and genetic experiments. I'm leaving. I'm glad. Thanks a lot, society, for railroading my ass. What is up, everyone? Welcome to the Eerie Americus. I am one of your hosts, Christy Hull. I'm your other host, Vicky Ayala. Now that we're bi-weekly, we don't record as often. I swear we like forget. I know it's usually me, but this time Christy was like, who starts? And I'm like, I'm rubbing <laughs> off on you. Because we all know I never know who starts and I don't know how to it's start. It's the rock. separate timing. It's weird. Like, you know, it's easier when you're doing it week by week, but there's like a break. And then you're like, what did we do last time? We were just like, wait, who starts? Whose episode is this? And I'm just like, uh, is not mine? <laughs> oh, wait, we just talked about this. But speaking of not being able to catch up with things, too, and we're Vicky and I, before we started recording, have had issues with our phones recently. Today, she sent me a text message about recording. And I got it an hour later. Along with and, seven uh, other text messages. <laughs> along with that seven I, other text messages simultaneously. But it's okay because the other day we were talking about stuff and we were sending each other voice notes and neither one of our voice notes was playing. Um, if, if you have an iPhone or even if you have WhatsApp, you know that when you send a voice note, it tells you how long the voice note is. All of Christy's voice notes were coming in as zero minutes. All of as mine were, were being sent as zero minutes. Some of my messages were randomly <laughs> sending in green like it was a freaking Android. Like, I have no idea. And what happened was that I've been having a really, I've been, I think I've spoken about this in previous episodes where my phone hasn't been working and I went to Apple and I didn't do shit. We've talked about this before. Yeah. Period. So my phone Apple. is still acting up. I still refuse to pay $350 to replace it. So I'm still dealing with my phone. And it always happens to be around the same exact time that there's a new phone dropping or there's a new date or there's always something new that so goes on and it's always fishy and they've gotten sued over this before and so vicky was complaining about it on the on on voice note and i was like vicky think about it a lawsuit is a drop in the bucket yeah, it's, for like a, Apple. it's like a dollar it's like here here's your fucking dollar you poor person i'll if i skip too many songs it's like freaking you remember pandora where if you if you skip too many songs it makes you listen to a commercial well this one just makes Does me pandora listen- still exists i don't know but this shit just makes me listen to silence and i have to close the app but this is the thing that it does that really is annoying. If I step outside three out of five times when I go outside, my phone never picks up the network and it makes it seem like I have no service. And this has happened at really inopportune moments. Like, for example, when I was taking the train, I had to go pick my sister up from, from the doctor and I'm on my way there and I'm like, oh, let me tell her that I'm going over the bridge. So if you're from New York, you know that you don't have service when you're underground. And then the minute you get on the bridge, everybody pulls their phone out because you suddenly have service for like two minutes. The doctor had already called me and said, your sister's ready to be picked up. So I was trying to tell her like, hey, I'm not far. My phone would not pick up on the service. And in order for me to get it, I have to turn off my phone and turn it back on. And sometimes I have to do it two times. It was just a nightmare, but it's it's been doing that. It is so fucking frustrating. But Christy and I were complaining because her phone's also acting up. Like I'll text her and she doesn't get it or she gets it hours later or whatever and like ever since we were talking and shit, for some reason charlie and our communication our i messages when we're sending each other i messages is a problem every single time and every once in a while it just goes sent us text message i'm like why it does it for your phone too like i'll text you and i'm like where the hell are you in the mountains like i thought like are you hiking today because like you don't have any service i am home and so we were going on this long rant we're like fuck apple you're bullshit this is stupid you've been sued you don't give a shit and now our phones are acting up even worse. And I'm convinced that Apple's like, fuck you, bitches. Like, well, listen, this is- does anyone does this happen to anyone else or is it just us? We just want to know, like, is it is this an Apple conspiracy or is this just like they select the people that talk shit about them? We really want to know. Yeah, I'm okay. pretty sure this happens to a whole lot of people. And I'm going to tell you right now, Apple, 
you can do what you want to my phone, but I am not getting a new one until I pay this nope. phone off because I'm not paying. I'm not getting a new one until I feel like I want one. And I hate the pressure I of always feeling like you need a new one. Why? My phone works fine. I don't need the newest one. I if don't, you need I it for work like purposes or if you just want to be that person that always has a new one, good. But like, why do you force people that are perfectly content with You're always going to have that population of people that gets the new phone. I think you have enough people that do that that you don't need to force me to get the new phone because I still spend money even with my old phone. First of all, I still pay my bills, so you're still getting my money. I buy accessories. Right. I'm constantly buying phone cases. So I it's mean, like, you get your money. It's like, dude, you're still going to get my money. Eventually, I'm going to upgrade and you're going to get my money. But like, let it be my decision. And after a whole year where people were home from COVID and a lot of people lost their jobs, you would think that they would cut their shit for like this one year. Nope. So fuck you, Apple. I'm still going to use your products, but I'm going to do it begrudgingly as I talk into my MacBook. We're not going to be happy about it. (laughs) I'm going to keep using my MacBook, but I'm not going to be happy about it. I'm going to use my AirPods, but I'm not going to be happy about it at all. Speaking of not being happy, I have this crazy story that I found on phantomsandmonsters.com. I'm so glad it's daytime, so I'm not going to be too creeped out. They always have crazy stuff that people send in, right? And this one I have never heard in my life. This is a new kind of, I don't know if it's a cryptoid Bigfoot, creature, alien, whatever you are comfortable defining it as. But um, this was sent in June 16th of 2021. So just recently. And it says missing 411 boy abducted by the fuzzy man in California State Park. So never heard of the fuzzy man before. Okay, me either. So this is a new one. Okay. Yep. A boy who disappears in California State Park is later found in good shape after missing for two weeks. The boy says he was taken by the fuzzy man. This was later released. Following account was recently forwarded to me. My friend, who has been with the search and rescue service in Northern California for many years, has a life full of strange encounters and occurrences. I mentioned to her that I was interested in hearing about any experiences she had with people completely disappearing. Her eyes lit up and she leaned in close to me and says, want to hear a real doozy? She tells me about how when she first started, there was a case that got a lot of attention in the media. A family had been out berry picking in an area of the forest very close to the entrance of the park. So mind you, this isn't like they went hours and hours in. They had two little boys, both under the age of five. And at some point during the day, one of them vanishes. Absolute massive search. They find nothing. Another of those cases where it's like the kid was never there in the first place. The dog just sit down and don't pick up on anything. No trace of this kid is found. The search goes on for about two months, but is eventually called off. Fast forward to six months later, the family comes to place flowers at the memorial that's been set there for the kid. They bring their other son. While they're placing the flowers, they lose sight of the other kid for about three seconds. And in that span of time, he vanishes into thin air. So now his brother went missing in the six months to the day that his brother has now gone missing too. Now, obviously, the parents are beyond devastated. It's awful enough to lose one child, but to lose two is beyond imagining. The search is huge, one of the largest in state history. There are about 300 volunteers combing every inch of this park looking for the kid. Again, no trace of him. The search goes for about a week, with the people looking miles from the part of the park he vanished from. And then, almost two weeks later, a volunteer almost 15 miles from the designated search area radios in that he, he's found the kid. They assume the kid was dead, but the volunteer says he's not only alive, but he's in good shape. My friend's team goes out to recover the kid, and when they get there, she can't believe that this kid has been missing. His clothes are clean, there's no dirt on him anywhere, and he doesn't appear traumatized. The volunteer says he found the little kid sitting on a log playing with a little twig bundle that's bound together with some old rope. She asks him where he's been, who he's been with for these two weeks, and the kid tells her he's been with the fuzzy man. 
Now, my friend firmly believes in Bigfoot. So she gets all excited and asks what he means by fuzzy. It's so funny. I'm just going to cut you off. It's so funny because to me, like, I feel like everybody else would be terrified. But then people like us who are so fast, we're like, ooh, is that Bigfoot? Like, what is it? Is it a creature? And she's search and rescue. She's probably seen some weird shit that she can't explain. So she wants some validation. Right. Like, I'm sure there's some part of her that's like, ooh, tell me what you saw. Like... Uh, was he hairy but the kid says no he wasn't hairy he was a fuzzy man and he describes the man that's blurry like when you close your eyes but not all the way closed i love kids descriptions of things they're so like honest about what they're seeing so he would literally meant that Mm -hmm. the man was fuzzy like you could barely see he says the man came out of the trees and took the kid with him deep into the woods the kid said he slept in a hollow tree and the fuzzy man gave him berries to eat my friend asked if the man was mean if he if the kid was scared and the kid said, quote, no, he wasn't scary, but I didn't like how he didn't have eyes. End quote. My friend says they get the kid back to headquarters and a cop takes him into t- to town to talk about what had happened. She's friends with the cop that talked to him. And she said the kid described being kept in the street by the fuzzy man and given berries whenever he was hungry. He was allowed to wander around a specific clearing. But when he tried to go further, the fuzzy man would quote get mad and yell real loud even though he didn't have a mouth when the kid got scared at night the fuzzy man quote made it brighter and gave him the twig bundle he said the fuzzy man was was going to keep him but he had to let him go because he wasn't quote the right kind the right kind of what i don't know he either can't or won't elaborate more on that the cops are sort of left scratching their heads and the search for his brother is renewed with no results the kid has no idea where his brother might be and they never found him so he wound up with the fuzzy man but we don't actually know where his brother wound up yeah so the one that went disappeared first never was recovered but the kid that went for the second time was found within two weeks but like no dirt on him not hungry not mistreated well kept but by something that he can only describe as fuzzy with no mouth or ears but can still communicate that's not creepy at all i know we've been covering quite a bit of murder lately with like very little reprieve from it but i promise you that there's just so many crazy cases that chrissy and i are coming across lately and like it's like i don't know why i never heard of these before Mm -hmm. but they're coming up and i can't not cover it so you guys are totally. going to have to like bear with all the murder. I promise that there's something different about all of them. And I also promise that my next case will probably not be about murder. I'm going to say probably, probably. Probably not. I promise I will try to make my next case not about murder. This case I bring you is from a place that when you think about it, you don't think about bad things happening. You just think about beautiful beaches and tourism and the culture and that's Hawaii. Like nobody thinks of Hawaii as like anything bad happening. Yeah, I'm not it's like saying, paradise. Right. I'm not saying nothing bad ever happens, but like you think of Hawaii and you just think of this peaceful destination and like honeymoon destination, like capital, like and it's beautiful. But I'm here to bring you some awkwardness and show you that bad things do happen in Hawaii. I'm gonna tell you about an unsolved, almost forty year old cold case that's coming out of Hawaii. You said four? It's forty. 40 years old almost almost 40 four decades okay. um, in 2022 it'll be 40 so it's been 39 years it is completely cold and unsolved may never be solved but there's something very interesting about this case that really drew me to it and you guys will find out about it in a little bit so we're gonna go back to 1982 19 year old lisa ow her name is spelled au so i'm gonna just pronounce it ow. ow so sorry if that is not how you pronounce it i'm also going to mispronounce a lot of these words because hawaiian islands are involved I'm so sorry if I butcher it. So Lisa Al was 19 years old. Uh, She was working as a hairdresser in Kailua, Hawaii at the Susan Beers Salon. Anybody who described her, they loved her. They said she was hardworking. She was really responsible, super careful. 
really looking forward to her future. So we're in January of 1982. January 18th, she gets her license. So she is, and she has a car. She's just, of course, 19 years old, just got your license, got a car, all your- And in Hawaii, Hawaii, like all those beautiful- beautiful ridges and roads and beaches like i can just imagine her excitement because like i'm excited she's also dating a young man named doug who's a student at the university of hawaii and all i can think about is oh my god imagine if i went to like college there i would probably i would probably never learn and i never would have came home oh yeah so january 20th so this is just two days after she gets her driver's license she has plans with her boyfriend doug at his sister's apartment in maikiki I don't know how far that is from Kailua, but I'm pretty sure it wasn't far because she drove there. She has a shift at the hair salon. It starts pouring rain. And because she's a new driver, I think she was a little bit cautious and like kind of scared to drive in that rain. So she kind of like procrastinates and doesn't leave right away. But finally, like she just leaves at around 9.45 p.m. and makes her way to Doug's sister's apartment. She's going to meet Doug there because, again, she's working. He's a student. Because I know that at first I was like, why wouldn't they just go together? And it's because, you know, he's going to school at the university and she's working at the hair salon. So before she uh, goes there, she stops at a grocery store to get some pokey for the night. And then she meets Doug and his sister at her apartment. But it doesn't seem to be like a very long meeting because she's headed there at 945. But the two of them leave around 1220 a.m. So really, it wasn't like a very... It was a quick visit. It was a quick visit. Again, he's a college student. Looks like he's pretty responsible because he's going home early. He goes back to his dorm and she's going back home. She lives with her parents, but she never makes it home. Her parents start to get worried that there were no signs of Lisa. Again, remember, this is 1982. We do not have cell phones. I don't even think we had beepers yet. Like, if you had to get in contact with someone, you basically had to wait for them to be home, use their house phone, use another phone, pay phone. You had to have a quarter, and you had to call somebody. So when they say they hadn't heard from Lisa, it means, like, she hadn't been home. They didn't know, like, she wasn't at work. Like, she wasn't anywhere. Right, right. So the first thing that they do is that, of course, they call Doug because... Luckily, she was pretty honest with her parents and she told them like where she was going. So this is good because I know a lot of people don't always tell their parents where they're going in this situation. Especially when you're that young. I know. I personally know at 19, I thought I was the shit and I was like, I'm an adult and I'm not telling you shit. And my parents never knew where I was. They knew when I was at work. But the thing is, sometimes I would tell them because there's certain close friends that they had their phone numbers and I didn't like that. So sometimes I'd just be like, I'm going out or I would just tell them I'm at work and I would tell them that like I worked in retail so I could literally end at any time. And so they never truly knew when I got out of work. And now as an adult, I really regret that because I cannot, I cannot imagine the panic of not knowing exactly where your kid is. Mm -hmm. And that's that I never went missing. I just didn't like, sometimes I was just like, eh, I'm not going to call my parents and tell them I'll be home at midnight because I'm 19 and I can do whatever I want. And I know I scared the shit out of my parents and I truly, mom, wherever you are, I'm so sorry. But Lisa didn't do that. She, her parents knew that she was with Doug the night before. So they called Doug. Obviously you called the boyfriend first. Doug told them that, yes, they were together the night before. They went to his sister's house, but they both went their separate ways at 1220 a.m. He went back to his dorm and she went back home. So he said, you know, of course, I'll help you. I'll do whatever you need. So he starts helping them search for Lisa. Doug ends up finding Lisa's car. What's strange is that it was abandoned on the side of a highway in Maunawili, which is in a drive-in that's not too far from where his sister lived. Okay. And it was just kind of parked on the side of the road. Now, if that's not strange enough, the car was found with the windows halfway down, which if it was pouring rain the night before, why would you have your windows down? So the car is safe on the side it's of the like, road. It's like, yeah, it's just kind of parked on the side of a highway. With the car cracked, with the window cracked down, almost like... All of the windows were down halfway. Yeah, all of them. So almost as if someone tapped the window for you to roll the windows right. down. 
So okay. because of this, there's two to three inches of water and the seats were soaking wet. But Lisa's purse was found in the passenger seat completely dry and untouched with only what? her driver's license missing. As if someone had placed the bag in the car after leaving it there and letting it get soaking wet. And after looking at her license and right. or stealing her yeah. license. But everything else was there and it was dry and untouched. So that's super fucking And there's weird. no motive of a robbery, like cash, everything was everything there. Everything was there except for her driver's license. So after this discovery, Doug immediately calls the Hawaiian authorities. Um, and so they begin a statewide search looking for Lisa. There's thousands of missing persons flyers hung up everywhere. A bunch of volunteers just kind of looking everywhere. And on January 31st, 10 days after Lisa went missing, her body was found in a ravine. So upon investigating, it kind of became obvious that she didn't go there on her free will. And this is why. Where she was found, it was called Tantalus Drive. And it was just a wooded area with mountains, no streetlights. So no woman's going to go out in the rain in the middle of that. At 19 years old, why would you get out of your car, go anywhere that looks like that? You know, it doesn't make sense. For a 19-year-old woman by herself, just got her license in the middle of rain, trying to get home to her parents for her to stop in a wooded area with no lights. It just doesn't make sense. No way. So there was no, like, suspicion. So unlike our other cases, nobody tried to say it was suicide. That was, like, quickly, that was eliminated as a reason. Foul play, for sure. For sure. Something went wrong. On this day, her case was officially moved from missing persons because, you know, when you're missing person, you're part of the missing persons unit, and it was moved to the homicide department. So that means a whole different department gets the case to investigate. So the first thing that they do is they try to find the cause of death and they do an autopsy. Now, there were several autopsies done by several different medical examiners and no cause of death was ever found. Mostly, they said, like, according to articles, it was like lack of evidence. But for some reason, her body was like overly decomposed, like more decomposed than it should have been. After 10 days, they just couldn't find it. In 1982, there wasn't a lot of like technology and the forensic officers basically didn't really have anything to work with. Right. I mean, and it also was super rainy and she obviously was in multiple places. And you know that that's gonna... Yeah, that's tough. And the 80s sucked for forensics. So right now, all all investigators have to work with is basically like her ID missing and like her abandoned car and witness testimony. That is it. And that is not much. We're going to talk about some witnesses. So there's a couple of claims. Her car was found, like I said, on the side of a highway with the window half open. Um, so one of the big, like, rumors that starts is that maybe she was pulled over by a police officer and that's why her window was down. And that a police officer did this because he took her driver's license and then... When you get pulled over on the side of the road, you just get kind of stopped anywhere. And that's what it seems right. like. So it's like she pulled over, all of this checks out. So it, yeah. it's, it explains why her car was pulled over, why her window was rolled down, why her driver's license is missing. So now, once this scenario is introduced, the rumors run wild. So now there's like this mass hysteria that there's a killer cop and everybody's terrified. But then other like accounts start coming up. There's a woman who claims that she was pulled over by uh, a police officer not far from there, not far from where Lisa lived. And like she would kind of had like she was assaulted. And like all these stories start coming up about a possible cop that is basically assaulting women and apparently now escalating to murder. And this is coming from multiple women or some Yeah, there was one a couple of accusations forward. about an unmarked police vehicle pulling over women. And so now it's kind of become wildfire. And now because of all, like a lot of 
anger was being directed at the Hawaiian authorities. So for basically a year, there there was actually a police officer that was investigated. I can't find the name in any of the articles, but at one point during the investigation in 1980 in 1982, the name was released. And once the name was released, another woman came forward and was like, that police officer pulled me over. I had this experience and that police officer lived right near where Lisa lived. So now there's like more fuel to the fire. So for a whole year, the police kind of focus so much on investigating this police officer that they kind of ignore everything else happening. They don't do any other investigative work, which, you know, never happens. So all they're doing is hyper focusing on one person, one person on a of police interest. Officer. And then in because of all the pressure from the public, they actually change their policies about unmarked police vehicles. And what's interesting to note about that, too, is no one's putting the theory that it was a, an imposter cop. It w- that was because that could happen, especially for an unmarked vehicles. Because back in the day, you could just pretend you could go to like one of those stores and, and just a flash fake- a fake I badge. Mean, we've seen serial killers do it before, right? There was a the first scenario was that it was someone pretending to be a cop. But once the once they had this cop under investigation, his name was released, and someone said that he assaulted me. Now they were like, "Well, a it cop was did all." It. So there was no other further theory once that person nope, came forward. No, and that's the thing that you never see. Normally, they would do anything but investigate a cop. But now they're focusing so much on this cop that they're not doing any other investigative work. And then at the end of the day, no charges were ever brought up. No indictment was ever done. And nothing ever happened. And so it kind of went to a dead end. So now the family, Lisa's family, was really, really unhappy with the investigation. So they hired an ex-homicide lieutenant named Burke Cornell as a private detective. What's funny about this is that when the case first went to the homicide department, it was his team that was investigating it. But I guess Hmm. he retired and he starts pointing out all of the things that the department did wrong. He first debunked the whole killer cop theory and determined that the only reason they really followed that lead is because of all the public pressure. And the reason he figured this out is because he actually trailed Lisa's movements and found out that, remember when I told you she stopped to get pokey on the way to her her her, uh, her boyfriend's sister's house? She used a check. Now, I know a lot of you don't know what a check is, but you, can, you used to be able to use checks at stores. And when you use a check, you need an ID. And she just forgot her ID. And he tracked this shit down all this time later. Her ID was at the grocery store. Nobody stole it. What? But that's crazy. That's something the police should have tracked. She went to the grocery store the night she like before she went missing and none of you thought to like track her movements and find out that this whole thing that came from a police officer taking her ID, her ID was never actually missing. She just forgot it. Especially on small islands, it's interesting the people that become detectives or become, you know, it, I feel like it's not nepotism, but it's favoritism based on who you know or like right. in the 80s there was a lot of that. Like cops would just not look at the full picture they were just hyper focused like every movie i remember growing up was like this cop would be like i'm coming after you punk i'm thinking on the other side if you worked at that grocery store and you heard this why didn't you say hey here's her id well this is also the 80s no one had unlike today you don't get every bit of information right away so we don't even know if people knew that her ID was missing. We don't even know if... For all we know, they threw it in a drawer and didn't even realize they had it. But so that's, exactly. that's one thing that he debunked right away. So now the whole year that they spent investigating this police officer and no one else was basically down the tubes. And you know that it's very important to gather evidence and do investigations when it happens because people forget and like stories change and stuff like that. And the weather changes. And everything especially changes. In, especially on an island. The weather goes like that. If you don't get 
like the evidence surrounding at that point, you're looking at a cold case. For, like, and that's what he said. He was like, you guys wasted valuable time. So now his next mission was that he didn't really like he had some concerns about the fact that nobody could determine her cause of death. He was like, this is impossible. So he gets permission from the family to exhume Lisa's body a year after she's buried and send them send her to a medical examiner in Los Angeles. But when they open her casket, it was, quote, full of leaves and dirt, which is not supposed to be. And it seemed that her body had never been, like, maintained after the first autopsy. So it was overly decomposed. And they, again, could not get a cause of death. So someone mishandled, like, they mishandled her body. Fucking 80s, man. I would love to say that this didn't happen a lot, but it did. It happened a lot. And they, like, people just mishandled stuff. Because a year after, your body shouldn't be that dis- decomposed. And not just that, too. They also were, they didn't have any, like, basic rules yet when it came to forensics. People were still kind of figuring it out. There are certain, like, policies that you implement now to ensure, especially if someone died in a horrific manner or an unsolved way, where they make sure they collect everything. And this wasn't even a thought back in the day. It was just like, all right, they looked at her, boom. Okay, that's it. That's the end of it. Like, put her you know, put her to rest and that's it. Like, it's really strange. It sounds foreign to us now because we've... Right, so like anybody... Right, but like now, that's the way... invest. That's why so many serial killers, like Ted Bundy and stuff, they got away with this shit because that's the way investigations went. If this had happened now, there would it probably would have been solved a lot quicker because you follow up on leads, you follow up on certain things, there's surveillance everywhere. But back then, it just, it wasn't light and people just trusted you. That's why Ted Bundy was able to get hitchhikers because people hitchhiked back then and people just trusted more. Now you just don't trust anybody. So now there's more shoddy police work. So the police just seemed, again, they were so focused on this cop shit that they didn't follow up on other leads. So now there was another witness named Charlotte Kamaka. She was like a newspaper delivery person. And she had like a route at like 2.30 in the morning. She says that she remembers on her newspaper route that she saw a man driving in a blue car along with a woman in the passenger seat who was either asleep or unconscious. And then when she saw the man later in the car, the woman wasn't there anymore. And does it, do we know a time frame from when she saw him the second She's, time? I, I only know that she saw them around her route at 2.30. Not exactly okay. when she saw them again, but it was not that far after. Like they went and they came back and the woman wasn't there anymore. She said that once the story broke, after Lisa's um, body was found, after that story broke, she went right to the police, told them she had something to tell them, wrote down the information and was never called. Not only was she never called, but she tried calling the police to see where they were with the investigation, if she could talk to someone, and it didn't go anywhere. See, this kind of shit infuriates me because we've covered many cases where this has happened, where people have contacted police officers with pertinent information and they never get followed up on. And it's like, you never know. These are the witnesses when there's no evidence is so much it relies so heavily on that and so for you to not take that seriously and i understand that they probably got a lot of flood of information but that's why it's important to follow up and the thing is now it's a year later and this person has had a year to flee a year to get rid of their car like this is not going to be around now nobody's going to find this fucking blue car with this man so her her shit went nowhere so this is why the case is cold now I was wondering, I'm sure you guys are wondering now, if with all this poor investigating, no leads, no evidence, the driver's license is not really missing, no cause of death, were there any suspects? Of course there were. Her boyfriend. It's always the boyfriend, right? Now, he was never charged or found guilty of anything, but there were kind of suspicious things surrounding her boyfriend. First, remember he found the car. 
When police came after he found the car, they noticed he had scratches on his face. But of course, I found nothing about what they ever did with the fact that he has scratches on his face. No, like follow up, speak with him, find out what happened to his scratches. I don't see anything. The only thing they did do is that after, oh, besides having scratches on his face, after they brought the car in for testing, the car was determined to have been wiped clean of all evidence. Like, so second, a guy named Thomas Thornburg, who was a security guard at the apartment building where Doug's sister lives, said that around 11 p.m. he heard Doug and Lisa arguing and then she stormed off and then he stormed off shortly after. Now, this kind of contradicts the fact that they said that they left at 1220. This also shows... I mean, an argument and they could have, he could have gone back to his dorm, but he could have also followed Lisa and killed her. Now, the crazy thing is that nobody interviewed Thomas Thornburg until after Burt Cornell's questioned him a year later when he was investigating this. How are you not going to interview the security guard at the last known place where Lisa was seen alive? Yeah. What did these people do? They Honestly, did nothing. Did they, did they, they went speak with to the anybody? rumor and they flew with it. They never interviewed this man until after the investigator a year later insane truly so now at this point the fuck are they gonna do about it his memory could like they can't they can't confirm anything now after all of this doug was given two lie detector tests now you know how we feel about lie detector tests and not the most reliable like anything and literally anything can skew your answers but i also don't think that failing two lie detector tests is a good thing he failed both tests and his reasoning why he failed was that he supposedly felt guilty for not driving her home because she was an inexperienced driver. He should have driven her home and he did it. And then she died and he felt guilty. Like that's, he said, that's why he failed both times. I can understand yeah, okay. you failing once because of that, but you telling me that you failed the same. Ex- or nerves or nerves the first time. Right. But, the but second like time, now you've already figured it the out. The second time right. should have passed. Like the second time it's like, all right, I get it. But like, let me tell you the story. I did not kill my girlfriend. No, he failed both times, but nothing ever. I don't see that he was ever indicted. No charges were ever brought up. He was never found guilty of anything. Well, because he's a student and he's probably got some, he gets the benefit of the doubt, especially in the 80s. So, And the fact that they already wasted so much time with this cop, they probably were like, well, we're not going to just like waste another year, you know, and, and it'd be wrong. So we're just not going to do this. Now we're just going to like not figure this out and it'd be a grand mystery because we fucked it. And that's exactly what it is. It has now been almost 40 years it's it was 39 years this january since her murder there's no progress in the case the case is completely cold there's nothing and unless some new evidence or some new witnesses or some actual police work gets done i mean there's only one suspect her boyfriend obviously it's kind of obvious who did it well her case is still unsolved and i feel like it's going to stay that way unless by some miracle he confesses but why would you confess 39 years later you didn't get caught for the last 39 years. What's that show on Netflix? Late, those two women go and they they examine cold cases. This would be a good cold case for them. It would be. What, what What's, what's the name remember. of that show on Netflix? Do you remember? It's like they used to be like judges and now they're like private investigators. I know exactly what show you're talking about. I'm literally picturing it. Oh, I'm blanking right now. They have Texas accents. It's driving me crazy. We're going to put it in the Instagram and on the website when we figure it out. Because I'm sure as soon yeah. as we stop recording, we're figuring it out. This is going to drive me nuts. But it's been almost 40 years and there's been nothing on Lisa's case. Just unsolved. So sad. And 19 years old. And I'm sure it's going to be forgotten about eventually, too. That's the worst part. It's going to go unsolved because they're not going to magically find evidence. They already couldn't determine her cause of death. No, the, the witnesses, like, what else can you get from this story? They're not going to find this fucking blue car. They're not going to find this man. They obviously, like didn't do shit about the boyfriend and there's literally nothing else and this poor girl and her family they just have to deal with the shoddy police work and it's just crazy to me that they hired 
an investigator who was actually part of the department that fucked up the case in the first place. They uncovered all of this shit and they still can't figure it out. There's nothing worse than shoddy police there work. Isn't, like there's not there's nothing worse than that. He, I think the lead is the the investigator. He's like seventy something now, and he said that this is like a case that haunts him. And he he said he can remember everything about this case clear as day, like it happened yesterday, because it's like every day. Well, it's good that someone still cares. He still cares, but there's nothing. There's nothing for him to do, and that's just the unsolved case of Lisa Al. So sad. Who does that? Who does that? Who does that? Who does that? So I swear, guys, I know that it seems like we attack them and it's bad and yada, yada, yada. I literally was texting Vicky saying I'm trying to find something else because I can't find anything not funny that doesn't include Florida. It's been a struggle for all of our who does that every single time we record. We're like, dude, there's nothing funny happening. And then anytime it's something funny, it's always you go south and there's Florida. It's always Florida. I had two stories that i was mulling between and they were both florida and it wasn't done intentionally at the end of the day we're just gonna have to accept that florida's gonna florida we should just change this to who does that florida because it's just basically like what, what happened it's in become, florida but. this week so what you got what you got <laughs> i found this on HuffPost. florida woman posed as student to promote her instagram page that's right so she posed and tried to pretend to be somebody else and then sent out her real social media profile <laughs> They're not even smart in Florida. I'm sorry. I think about that. I'm pretty sure that they're smart people in Florida, but I just feel like, I mean, (laughs) let that register. So you, you pretend to be a student, you falsify your image. You uh, we will get into exactly how she did it, but goes on there to try to make herself social media famous. You're going to get caught. That's the point of the story, guys. That's I don't have to even let, get to the end for this. But the funny thing is, if you don't, if you succeed in what you're doing, that's how you're going to get caught. So she succeeded in what she did and got herself caught because of it. So investigators said Audrey Francisquini, 28. So she's probably graduated at least 10 years ago, snuck on the campus of a Miami area high school and handed out pamphlets printed with her Instagram account. A 28-year-old woman who wanted to promote her IG page attempted to blend in with students as Miami area high school police said. Monday's stunt at American Senior High School landed Audrey Francisquini in jail where she's facing charges of burglary, interfering with the school function, and resisting arrest without violence record shows. Francisquini started handing out pamphlets printed with her Instagram account after sneaking onto the campus around 8.30 in the morning so she went as soon as school started. So she was there with the bell ringing, handing out social media pamphlets. That's number one, where everyone's I mean, going a, into class. Pamphlets. She had a black backpack and carried a skateboard. So she's trying to make herself look like a skateboarder hanging out in high school as she walked through the hallways recording herself. So she's recording the fact that she's sneaking into a high school as an adult. Mind you, people, you are not supposed to be around high school students after a certain age. I mean, it's just, That's just, it's just a, that is it's the just law. Weird. If you're not if you're not raising one then- or not teaching or not in the administrator, why are you in, in, in the administration? Why are you around these children? School security tracked her down as she was wandering the hallways while students were in classrooms. Because, again, this is 830. They're going into class. What are you going to do? Sit in a classroom and not think a teacher's not going to notice that it's almost 30 year old woman sitting in the back. Francis told investigators she was looking for the registration office. So she tried to pretend that she was going to register for school. That how is that going to work out for you, honey? How far did you think you were going to get in that process? This lie just keeps going. That's what's so great. She was like adamant about this. 
Investigator said she headed towards the registration office, but did not enter. Instead, she continued walking through the hallways, talking to students, news outlet reported. So she's still not giving up, despite being monitored at this point. Well, she's A for effort and persistence, I guess. (laughs) Security officers tried to catch up with her again, but she didn't stop. They notified the Office of a Security Threat on campus. An officer spotted her walking across the, f- the faculty parking lot and told her to stop. She continued walking. I think it's hysterical because I'm just envisioning someone that can't skateboard carrying a skateboard. My husband and I always joke about that. And so it's like, if it were me, I, like I can hop on a skateboard. I would just cruise away on the skateboard. My husband would have been gone because he skates like the wind. Honestly, her husband would have been gone no matter what activity you do because he just like he was he grew up as one of those active people. Like we went hiking and he was just fucking out so i feel like no matter what situation we're in charlie would just be out yeah but the fu- the mere fact that a woman is carrying around a skateboard and doesn't use it as a plan of escape is it's just another thing another hilarious thing you can t- you can tick on to the fact that this woman is one of the dumbest people on the planet but get this you know how authorities have tracked her Hell. through the instagram page well, and duh. arrested her later monday at her home in the north miami beach <laughs> so she got caught because it was her real instagram account <laughs> The school system will be conducting a thorough review of the incident. Miami-Dade County Police Spokesperson Jacqueline Calzadilla told the Miami Herald. They will be looking into how she was able to sneak into the school and elude security several times. Um, it's easy. She pretended to be a high school student. Right. I can't tell you how many times I lost my high school ID and no one ever asked me for it or even my college ID. I never got asked for that shit. Records did not list the lawyer, Fra- Frances Queenie, but she did post her arrest photo on her Instagram page. Because, I mean, why wouldn't you? You went through all that. You might as well get a selfie out of it, right? I hope it was a good mugshot. <laughs> but I hope you guys find the mystery in this case and can help solve because apparently Hawaii is not going to do it. Like, subscribe, leave us a killer review. But most importantly, stay weird, Americas. Bye. Bye.